Howdy Partners, and welcome to the Howdy Partners podcast, where we give you tactical insights and how you can execute in your role today. Today, we're talking about the customer success role or the sales role as your first hire. I actually think I have some strong thoughts about this. Um, Which side are you on, Ben? Success or sales as the first hire? Yeah, like you said, I think we chatted about this a couple of times. I think for me, um, coming from a customer success background, I think there's there's a lot of um, crossover there, a lot of kind of transferable skills. So yeah, for me, I would say definitely falling on the customer success side of things. Listen, yeah, I'm on the the sales side a bit more. Um, but tell me the case for success. What are the core competencies that you believe? someone in success has that translates really well to partnerships? Yeah, I think um, when you're in customer success, your key kind of, I guess, driver or your key goal is primarily driving value for the customer. So, you know, traditional customer success, for those that don't know it, um, you're really looking at like, they've just bought your, your software solution, right? And it's up to you to make sure that they get the maximum amount of value from that software solution. And so if you think about like a transferable skill um, or something that correlates to partnership, I see it in the very same way. Like when you establish a partnership, it's your job now to ensure that the partner gets value from the partnership. And so I think that crossover, you're very kind of driven to provide value. I also think like a couple other pieces in terms of how they set up a customer journey, which is, you know, they do onboarding and implementation. They then do QBRs and, and stuff like that. I think, again, very similar kind of actions and behaviors that you should be doing as a, as a partner manager. And so I would say the value statement is number one. The second piece is like the things that go into managing a partner are very similar, I think, to managing a, a customer in SaaS. Interesting. I agree a lot with those points, uh, especially driving that value because, you know, if we're making this comparison to sales, although you do need to focus on value and that the best sellers will, uh, it's not necessarily this ongoing relationship uh, that's more long term. You know, it could be you sell them for one month. Maybe it's you know a longer sales cycle, so maybe it's three months. But with success, you know, you're looking at a year uh, to spend with them, and so your long term outlook is much more stretched. Um, so, what would you say though, when it comes down to, let's call it the brass tacks of uh, you know, needing pipeline and managing the project in, I don't want to say an aggressive way, but in a a way that really moves the interaction forward where there's this like f- momentum and this fire behind the uh, person, which you do get a lot in sales, having that quota and needing to achieve that. So making sure that you have, you know, the right funnel and uh, are really keeping up uh, on those projects. I would venture to say that that skill is not as well developed in success. Um, it definitely can be, but it's not kind of like the core across any kind of company. What would you say to that like incentivization and that tenacity, let's call it, to uh, really lean into those projects for things like pipeline development? I think there's a couple of things. I think it depends what kind of customer success manager you are. I know like, me going back to customer success, like a core focus of my job was renewal, but also expansion. And so I would say you'd be, I think you'd be surprised the number of customer success managers that do have that um, 
I guess, like, I don't know how, how to describe that, the tenacity to go after and close deals, because I think ultimately you're quoted on as a customer success manager net retention rate, which still means that you need to do certain things. And if your customer isn't responding, you need to follow up and stuff like that. So although I would say like maybe not comparable to net new, um, I do think the large majority of customer success managers will have experience in managing renewals and expansions, which do take some more kind of closing um, ability as well. Fair point. So my last thought around like the, I guess, less traveled by skills, um, perhaps in, in success would be things like the actual selling process. Um, you know, the partner is going to need to understand your value proposition, the joint value proposition, and there isn't that initial barrier of a lack of understanding for not just the partner, but also, you know, the prospects that you're working together. In sales, you need to make it as simple as possible for communicating that value in such a short time uh, and in such a simple way. Whereas in success, they already know the value to a certain degree. You know, they need to know the value as to why they're going to renew, but they know the core already uh, because they got that from the sales process. So factoring in the partner enablement side of things and needing to almost sell them on the idea up front and be able to explain it clearly. Uh, what are your thoughts around, uh, you know, maybe my own ignorance about, you know, the better success folks out there that um, could play a role there? What's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's this like, there's this notion in customer success of like going further and deeper into an account. So one of the things that you're supposed to be doing as a customer success manager is gathering internal champions across the organization outside of maybe just your point of contact and maybe the person that originally bought the software. In a similar way, like I I actually don't think there's a need for you to teach your partners how to sell. Like you should be comfortable if you're in an organization that respects partners having your AEs come in and do that and provide enablement. And so I would say that like a large part of your job is just getting into the partner organization, talking to those people and facilitating those conversations. I I'd argue that like it helps to know like your value proposition, but that's not that's not kind of just I, 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 unique to sellers. I would say customer success managers still know your value proposition because only they're the ones that are picking up your software and driving at success metric. So they get that. They understand what your, your product does and what it's supposed to be doing. Maybe what they don't have is like the closing skill and like the, the sales specific, I don't know, presentation and how to, you know, how to position against competitors. But that's where like your enablement and training resources, you build them up well enough you don't need to do that because you have the resource there to go and train your your partner sales team so i think that would be like maybe a bit of my pushback is that customer success managers i would argue understand the value proposition they understand how to get further and deeper into an account which you need to do with your partners as well and then i think the value prop like the how to position piece really comes into play with your training and enablement and so you should be getting that for every partner so so i so that, I guess that's why I'd push back and say that maybe success people are good in that role because they don't have to pitch to the customer. If you're co-selling a deal, a typical co-sell notion is like you throw a sales team member from your team in with the partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. So they need to know enough um, and they don't need to be the ones doing the selling and a good partner engagement should have the sellers involved anyways. So um 
that does sound like in a, a perfect world. And would you say that all success folks out there, like the average success person, would you say they have those core competencies? Because this is actually one of the things that I'm thinking about from you know hiring a salesperson's perspective. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on like what we've talked about, those core skills in partner management? Would you say that it is within the average success person? Yeah, again, good good question. And I think it's like, it's really nuanced because I know people that call themselves customer success managers that are customer support, which is like, you're just there to be reactive, right? As a, as a the way I view a true customer success manager is the proactive role where you are, you're getting to issues beforehand, you're making sure people adopt your product. It's not just you're like an email inbox that are just answering feature requests and stuff like that, right? So I think it's highly dependent on what customer success means in the organization you're at. If you are at an enterprise-level solution, complex product, takes a while to implement, then absolutely, I would say. But if you're more PLG, where customers actually just adopt the product yourself and you're there to answer questions, then potentially not. And so it's probably not the answer you want, but I would say like it's very much dependent on your experience in customer success, whether you have been a true customer success manager or more of a customer support role. Cool. So that brings the idea of, you know, if someone is thinking about how they can hire for this, they should look at maybe someone with a little bit more experience or someone who has experience working on an enterprise level software or just something that's more involved in general versus, like you said, maybe something like a, a PLG. And it's, and it's, I, I don't know, man. The other piece I'd add is like, it's, it's even more nuanced than like is sales better or is customer success better, right? right? Because I think back to when I was asked to take over partnerships in my old organization after leading customer success, it was more because I'd like created processes and was like very innovative in how I thought about how to build out our customer success program. And so I would say like, even if you're a seller or even if you are in customer success, there's still like those additional skills that I would value very highly outside of like, Oh yeah, customer success. Oh yeah. Oh, you've been in sales. Like there's some intangibles or some other additional things that I would focus on as well outside of just which role you've been in previously as well. Nice. We should save that for the end because I do have thoughts on that as well. Um, but let's talk about sales because I think there are some very powerful skills that you can gain um, in doing sales. And I think one of the main ones is salespeople need to develop a relationship and develop trust very quickly. And I think it's especially true in today's market. So if you're getting a seller that is performing, you know, even decently, um, they're going to be a good person to strongly consider because they need to drive value, explain things easily and quickly, but then also do that people and project management, which if they're able to then bring that internally and help with people and project management for running programs with the partner, then that's going to become so valuable. And I mean, this is a personal anecdote, but when I was doing sales, I was working with the government. And so, you know, they move very, very slowly and they're not very motivated in general, at least the people that I was working with. And so what that meant was I really had to do people and project management. And since I've been in partnerships, those kinds of skills have been immensely beneficial. And I don't even think about it through a relationship management lens. It's not me making sure 
only that there is value delivered in the interaction. It's also my butt's on the line. I have this number. So maybe I'm going to, you know, do even more of that project management to make sure that I'm messaging all the pe- the people I'm, you know, setting up reminders. I have like a calendar invite for due dates, like really focusing in on that project management piece. Um, so the first point is building trust quickly and being able to confidently talk to um, the value and the reason as to why partner, but then also the project management side of things as well. And the last point that I think makes sellers a really strong case for the hire is un- simply understanding the funnel math and the you know customer success individual, maybe they've been exposed to, hey, here's your top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And I know that they manage their own type of funnel for renewals, but it's different um, and the programs are different. And so that's where I think that existing knowledge can really play uh, a powerful role for, let's say your business you know needs to perform and produce revenue. I would venture to say that the seller is going to be a bit more aggressive in not only making that happen, but also their understanding of how they actually get from point A to point B. Uh, because of that existing knowledge and that existing uh, quota mindset that they have. No, I I think that makes sense. I think, um, again, I kind of go back to what I said around, like, it depends what kind of customer success manager you've been. I think it also depends what kind of sales rep you've been. Because, I mean, fair point, you used to sell into governments, which are, you know, notoriously pretty tricky and slow, long sales cycles. If you haven't been in that environment, you're selling to mid-market or SMB, you're going to get pretty pissed off pretty quickly, I would say, in partnerships because it isn't as transactional, right? You don't get that that amount of dopamine. You're not going to get that many things that close quickly. So I would say that can be a blessing and a curse, highly dependent on, you know, what you've sold into before or what type of sales cycle you're used to. Um I think the additional piece is like I would I would kind of throw it over salespeople just want to sell. So they hate doing CRM admin typically they hate doing call follow-ups typically like they hate doing that stuff and actually like i would argue that partnerships requires a higher level of all of that stuff and especially if your first partnership hire you gotta be super scrappy you gotta do your co-marketing you'll do all that type of stuff and so if they don't like doing that kind of stuff the admin the creation stuff like that then i would say that they're probably not going to like a partnership role just because it does require an, like, a big list when it comes to doing that type of work as well Mm-hmm. That is fair. Um, good point on the doing the other work. And so my rebuttal to that, though, is again, with the knowledge of the the funnel and, you know, maybe they don't like it, but if they are able to attribute and set up those tracking uh, principles within the CRM sooner rather than later, I feel that a salesperson would be, especially if they're transitioning into partnerships and they're held accountable for you know certain revenue targets, they would do more of that because it's closer to that quota attainment, uh, having that attribution, having the data in there so that they can you know not only inform themselves, but also have that partnership attached to the opportunities across, uh, across the funnel. And so very good point that they probably wouldn't like to do that. Um, but again, I would say not only would they be incentivized, but they would probably have had some level of hands-on 
to it as well because they've managed opportunities in the past. They've probably had the discussion of attribution with marketing to some degree. I, I don't know though, right? Like I'd even push back on that a little bit because like, again, dependent on what you do, like whether you source your own opportunities, but I almost think sellers view it as a vending machine, which is like, mm. I'm just going to get SDRs book appointments on my calendar. I need X amount of points on my calendar. I'm going to close four of those. That equals my target. It's like, I get the point of them understanding the metrics, but it's all very cut and dry. I would say all pretty simple. I like stuff comes in top of the funnel comes through. I get a book at a meeting on my calendar. They're qualified at that point, And then I need to convert four out of 10 during the month to hit my quota. You're not going to get that with partnerships. I don't think anybody's truly figured out attribution when it comes to partnerships. So even though you have got a number, you can kind of work back to figure that out, especially when you've got a brand new partner program, it takes a while to actually figure out what that, what that looks like. And then again, it's like, it's not as like, I've had partners that one month crushed it, right? Like brought highly qualified opportunities closed but because they're big enterprise deals, you go here for them from another five, six months. And so like, there's less regularity to the funnel and so like i think that's the other piece that maybe i'd push back on that they understand how to how to push deals through the funnel but they have a lot of help from a lot of different teams in order for that to happen and it's also i would say pretty standardized in the way that it happens again like you look at partnerships there's no standardized funnel i would say like even if you've got the best partner in the world there's going to be ups and downs it's not going to be like 10 meetings a month it's going to be like two then there's going to be like eight and then maybe zero and then one i mean so it's like that's the other piece where it becomes like I would see them getting more frustrated just because they're used to that kind of very standardized way of, of getting and closing leads. Yep. And uh, so I, I definitely agree. And that was one of the points that I had thought of is like it may be overemphasized in the sales world. And I would say it's probably more often the case that a seller is having this quota stress and they're more transactional than they are focused on value. And I mean, you know, I can't remember the last time I had good sales outreach done to me. And yeah. so uh, I'm sure that sentiment is shared, shared with a lot of people. And so, um, yeah, the longer term outlook and the, you know, less transactional nature of success, uh, that's definitely a, a strong suit. So you mentioned something that I think is interesting. Uh, you mentioned like, you know, the enterprise level or, you know, the very experienced customer success folks are probably better suited. I would venture to say that a really good salesperson um, is probably a good fit for partnerships because they probably understand the need for focusing on value versus just transacting and just trying to make it a numbers game. Um, but I feel like the worlds kind of start to cl collide a little bit where the better you are in customer success, the more focused you are on, let's say, revenue a bit or upsell and you're uh, conveying that message through a message of value. And the same goes for a good seller. It's this message of value and it's more strategic in nature. So um, I guess the the takeaway from that is if you are hiring and you can't find anyone who has partnerships experience, then try and find someone who has uh, a good background in many years of experience for sales and success. And I feel like I am leaning a bit more towards success now um, cause I was taking the position of sales and I think it does come in that idea of enablement. Cause that's one of the reasons that I was excited about partnerships. Cause I started in partner enablement. And so I think it's a bit of a personality 
thing and like interest thing as well so that they do like creating and doing the crm stuff there's also like uh, and again this is about sales and success but the more i've been thinking about like the you're going full tech partnerships integrations like a solutions engineer or a sales engineer might be a great fit as well because you're just focused on the technical piece they know how your apis work they know how your product interacts and so um even though i would say traditionally it success sales that go into partnership roles i think there's these tangential roles based on what type of partner strategy you want to drive where like a solutions engineer might be really good for an integration strategy if you're doing just affiliates maybe somebody marketing right because they understand like maybe a bit more about that so yeah i would say even i'd say broadly sales and success have the the largest number of complementary skills but i would also say like a caveat or something else to consider is what type of fun strategy you're trying to put into place and that might also kind of influence the the person that you want i mean like you might have will a whole list of channel partners that are already developing leads and you haven't got a partnership program so in that case great get your seller in there and just freaking you know bash for them so to speak and get leads in and, and develop revenue so again i think i, I am definitely in the, in the bucket of customer success but i would say my answer would differ depending on what type of partner and the maturity of your partner program yeah absolutely and another thought i had was um because we're you know now we're making a bit more of the case for success if they are a really good uh seller like let's say you're weighing a success professional and a sales professional if it's a very good seller they're probably harder to catch so to speak because they're yeah. probably hitting quota and you know if they're high achieving in sales they're probably making more than they could in partnerships whereas in success it might not be the same because you know the is less commission focused and so it could be seen as um you know a promotion or an upgrade for them because it's more a more strategic role in general uh or at least like one step removed so you're orchestrating at a at a higher level um so that's yeah another really important piece i actually spoke to a seller who was thinking about joining partnerships they were offered the role but then they're like ah, i'm crushing it i'm the top salesperson i yeah. i'm not going to take this cuz i'm making more money and i got you know the the funnel to to feed it as well so that's another yep. really important piece that i think I actually didn't think about it before that it could be as common, but now that we've talked through that, if it's a good seller, then they're probably already going to be in a position that they don't want to give up. Yep. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So what's our verdict? Um, our, my verdict is, um, it's dependent, highly dependent on the partner program and what you're attempting to do. However, if it's just straight up like brand new partnership program build, I would I would go with somebody in success over sales just because of some of the some of the points that we chat about. Yep, I agree. Um, in general, like if we were to make a final decision and it's like it's, it has to be a catch all, I would say success would be the the role to to consider um, based on not only the competencies but also the point that uh, we just made at the end. Um, and maybe next time we will debate a demand gen marketer. Uh, I mentioned yeah. that on a podcast previously. I think like the numbers, but then also the relationship management as a marketer uh, could be interesting because you also do more top of funnel activities with partners. But we will leave that for another time. Any departing thoughts, Ben? No, I think this has been a good combo to your point. I think there's stuff outside of uh success and sales to talk about but i think if you're starting a partner program there they're two good places to go sure 
That's right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Howdy Partners podcast.